Welcome to Brothers King Log, where we view eternity through the lens of art. My name is Samuel. And I'm Sully. And we're back! We're back in Solomon. Because we bad! <laughs> well, dude, I just found out the most amazing thing. Um, our last podcast, we've had 25 times listened to I've only listened to it twice. I've we, never We have listened. actual people listening. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be very, very honest with you, Sam. I don't ever listen to our podcasts. You're probably wise so, for that um, and not conceited. Yeah, I don't listen to our podcast because, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> that doesn't sound right, but... I don't care about you. I don't care about the podcast that much. Like, I like doing it. But, like, I really don't care to, like, go back and listen to it. I'm sure I said something wrong, you know. I'm sure I got something politically incorrect, and I'm going to do better not to do that. But still, you know. I mean, I listen to stuff to try and, like, improve it. You know, it's kind of like um, how I well, I listen to music over and over again. My own songs or other people's songs to try and pick out how good this has been. But... To be fair, it's been about six months since we've done a video together. Yeah, it has. So... So, um, hey, if someone's actually out there listening to us, give us a comment in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're at. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, let us know. I mean, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Um, so, you know what? Real quick before we get into our main thing, let's just take a couple minutes here and talk about what we've done during quarantine. All right. So, yeah, um, for those listening in the distant future, we are in the year 2020. It is officially June, June 3rd. 2020, and um, we have just gotten out of three months of quarantine, and the world's still sort of in quarantine, but it's it's weird. Um, it's weird. It's really weird. So here in the United States, uh, state of Indiana specifically, um, things are letting up, and we're allowed to go out and about, back our drops. So since January, when we did the Winter Jam, and we had no idea when we were doing Winter Jam... That, like, this would be our last time being out yeah. in public together. Yeah, it was like, because, I mean, we had that concert, um, what concert was that? It was Winter Jam. No, oh, no, 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 no. We, we had, had Derek Webb Derek Con- Webb concert that I had bought tickets for you for your birthday. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally that week is when everything shut down. It's like The week you bought those tickets. The week I bought those tickets, everything shut down. And I never got an email saying that it was rescheduled or anything, so I'm hoping that... I hope you I'm reach out to them for a refund. Well, I've already reached out to them. Oh, that's good. But they didn't. They haven't emailed me or anything yet. So, anyway. So anyway. So, um, like, no shade on Derek Webb. I'm yeah, sure. no, no. I'm, I'm just. I, he I don't hasn't think he's really it. in charge of getting the tickets and stuff. I don't. Know. I don't know how much. I don't know. He's very how that independent. Works, he's he's one of those artists that is super into doing everything independently, doing everything on his own. But I don't know how much of what business stuff works. Right. Um, so for past six months, um, after everything shut down, I eventually, uh, went to work at home and I've been working at home for two months now and, um, it's been okay. I mean, I'm just chilling. I also, during this time, finally bit the bullet. I have, I have fought it for years cause I have a massive CD collection and I'm like, you know what? I have physical media. I don't need it. I finally bit the bullet and subscribed to Apple music. My, um, wife used it a lot she loved it her friend used it and so i'm like okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna bite the bullet you know and i'm glad he bite the bullet because now i have apple <laughs> yes well. family sharing thank you thank you apple um <laughs> so now we've i've had access to um i feel like we should like i feel like this is where 
we have that infomercial, but <laughs> Apple Music doesn't, uh, they don't fund us, so yeah. that sucks for you, Apple Music. We love you, but we're not going <laughs> to tell anybody. I uh, mean, we're, we're kind of advertising right now, but I, have, I know. I, I, I have been using, so especially being stuck at home. I have been listening to a any, lot of is, music. What is it? Um, any press is good press? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so I have been discovering new artists, and I, I've been checking out like a Moby and um, Electric Lights Orchestra and uh, Marvin Gaye and just other stuff I don't normally listen to. Yeah. On top of just my normal rotation of artists. Which I've been listening to a lot of. Um, I, I, yeah, we'll get into. Um, I'll actually mention some of the artists I've been listening to on Apple Music lately. But and uh, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, the Magnified Pod guys who do MXPX and Five Iron Frenzy just had an interview with Reese Roper, and it was like one of the greatest two-hour interviews I've ever listened to. Oh, nice. Because you know I love Reese Roper. Right. And I'll get into that too. I, I but, love Reese Roper. I like his voice. I may not. I may not like Five Iron Frenzy as much as I like Reese Roper. Fair enough. Just going to be real. No, that's fair. But, So, yeah. uh, for six months, I've just been sitting at home, listening to a lot of music, listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, I binged through Community. Oh, me too. Okay. And Community is one <laughs> of the is... best sitcoms okay. ever in history. Okay, I'm, I'm going to put it out there that Community is better <laughs> than Friends. That's brave. That, that came that's, from that's, me. From Solomon, that's, that's from brave. That's from Solomon. Now, it is not better than Office. <laughs> Dude, it's not better than Office. But you've also watched Office like five times entirely times through. Entirely through. But I've also, I've watched The Office 11. Yeah, <clears throat> let me emphasize that. 11 times. Yeah. That's one time more than 10. Yes. Anyway. That's yes. how math works. I have watched it more times than there are <coughs> seasons of it. Yes, as well as I've watched Friends just about almost I, almost ten times. It's probably been more like six or seven, but I'm already on my second way through Community, and I'm just saying it's better than Friends, not better than The Office. Well, but I- in 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 my defense, in in my defense, I mean, Community is it's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of stuff from. The office I think, working through it. I don't Joel, think community. The guy who plays the Joel guy McHale. Who plays, yeah, the guy who plays um, Jeff. He's actually the producer for um, Angela and uh, Jenna Fisher's uh, podcast for The Office. I, I don't think Community would have ever been greenlit if not for The Office. Right. Like the the Office Community was able to happen because The Office was a huge hit. I think. Absolutely. I think I. I I, I'm, I totally agree. And that's why I say that The Office is still better. Yeah. Because without The Office, and um, Ken Jeong admitted this himself on a uh, Office Ladies podcast, that if it wasn't for his debut on the uh, improv scene on The Office, he would not have been in Community. Yeah. That's why they asked him to be in Community in the first place. So anyway, I don't know. I, I, I'm more of a show critic, and, like, I get into the ins and outs of the shows. Yeah. As, you know, you're more of the music guy, and yeah. it's not that bad. I mean... No. It, but uh, I think Community is one of the best shows ever. Um, as of June 2020, it is on Netflix, guys. Yes. Check it out. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it gets you through <laughs> quarantine. Yeah. It helped right. out quite a bit. Anyway. Right. That's what I've been up to. What have you been up to What for six have months? I been up to? Okay. So... Wow, lots of things. So many things. 
in the past six months, during quarantine, um, my girlfriend, Emily, uh, moved up here, and so, because, you know, it may have been a little, yeah, reasons unknown, um, mainly because we were afraid that the quarantine was never going to (laughs) end, and she was like, I don't want to live without you, and I was, I was like, I agree. Oh, that's sweet. I mean, it, it is, it is. That that was the number one reason. So, at like five o'clock in the morning, she's just like, "Okay, I'm I'm moving up here. I'm I'm not doing this. I'm moving." So she moved, and in so because of that, Solomon's been sleeping on my couch. Yes, I have for been two sleeping. months now. <laughs> and you know what? It's fine. I would have it no other way. Anyway, no, it's all good. So, I don't mind. <laughs> so, uh, in April of this year, twenty April twenty eighth, when the uh, parks opened back up. I took her to the park and proposed, and she said yes. Um, just so happens that a TikToker was videoing it. Is that what they're called, TikTokers? Yeah, they're called TikTokers. Um, anyway, um, so he was videoing it, and the the it went viral. The video went viral, and now we are over two million views. <laughs> On TikTok, do you feel famous? As well, uh, well, you know, we we've actually been going to, like, we, we went to Jean's Root Beer the other day, and uh, we were sitting there eating, and this like teenage girl was sitting in the back of the car with her mom and dad, and she was just looking at us like, and pulls up. I don't know if she's talking about us being on TikTok or not, but they're looking at us, smiling huge, and and the daughter is showing her parents a video so I'm not sure if it was about that but there's not really another reason they'd be laughing at us looking at their phones I mean <laughs> so the question is Solomon can we leverage this to get money or at least get a record well deal? okay so <laughs> I don't know if we can get a record deal however we have had a lot of there has been a lot of PNR on not on our part but uh, the, the way we found out the video was even on TikTok is a close friend of mine got a hold of me and was like, dude, y- you guys just went viral. Like, by the time she had seen it, it had been like 24 hours. There had already been like 500,000 views. So, literally took within like, within 72 hours, we had over 100 or over 1.5 million views. And now we're just over 2 million views, which, you know, it's cool. And we didn't expect it. Like, a lot of people on on social media been like, oh, yeah, there's no way they didn't know that somebody was videoing them. And, I mean, I've had to be like, yeah, we did have somebody videoing us, but we do not know the guy who did this TikTok. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, like I said, went viral on TikTok, and then it went viral on Instagram. Mm. And now it's like a huge hit on this uh, cute couple's goals relationship uh, quotes <laughs> thing. It's like a huge hit. I, I'm not sure how many uh, views it has, but Instagram's videos usually tend to get more yeah. uh, traffic than TikTok. So, I, you know, it probably has maybe 3 million views. But anyway, and then not only did it go viral on both those platforms, but Facebook as well. And if you, if it, if you, go, if you go viral on Facebook nowadays, you're pretty much viral anywhere on anything. So... Um, I mean, we've had we've had people be like, "Wait, you guys are the couple from TikTok, aren't you?" And we're like, "Yep, that's us." <laughs> and so, yeah, we'll have. I mean, we don't. It's not a big deal to us. It lasts like fifteen minutes. Right. In the right. grand scheme. In the of grand things. scheme of things, it, it lasts for a while. But, eh, 
you know i mean we had we did make a we made a uh reaction video to that video per request of like we had like probably a thousand people being like you guys have to do this for us you guys should uh show that video and the reaction video be while everyone's waiting at the wedding for the wedding to start yeah yeah that'd be a funny idea we we may do that you know how to hook like a phone up to like a tv so we'll figure it out yeah anyway so yeah the wedding is officially september 5th so for everyone listening no, in the world that just wants to know Solomon's wedding. <laughs> you're not you're not invited. Um, <laughs> I'm not inviting you. Um, I am letting you know. <laughs> and now and now the, the our, our mom just people. listened to it. I'm not invited. Well, obviously mom's invited. <laughs> you know you're invited, mom. Don't get butt hurt over this. Wait, did she listen to this? I don't know. I don't know. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it's like creating the office. Mm, if my parents hear this. I'm screwed. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's what we've been up to for the past six months. Not that anyone cares. Not it's, that it's anyone fun to talk cares, about ourselves. but it's fun to talk about ourselves when we have pretty much the microphone, you know. Yeah. You know, that that is the thing about the mic. Having the mic means you can do whatever you want. Also, this is um, this is a bit of a a ploy by me this is how i catch up with you you know yeah i, I pit you on microphone and I, I get you talking I'm like oh this is how i find out about your life oh yeah um <laughs> wait you didn't know that it was viral i i knew it was getting popular but yeah um yeah it's been it's actually been a pretty crazy year um i think you know honestly let's just be honest I'm not i'm not so hyped that it went viral as much as i'm kind of i'm pretty hyped that at the reviews that we've gotten just because most people are like okay this is the best thing i've seen all year because of how much junk has went on you know mm-hmm. so just the fact that you know and it wasn't even necessarily us i want to kudos to whoever took that video in fact we know we we found out the guy who took the video I'd give him a shout out, but I don't have his permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, we actually got in contact with him. So kudos to him for capturing the moment. Um, but we're just glad that we were able to like make people smile or whatever. Um, you know, and unfortunately, it's been it's been kind of funny because, you know, one out of ten people are gonna criticize it. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot of critics being like. Dude, you ruined their moment, and like we've been able to go back to them and be like, uh, no, it actually made it better because we heard the we heard the hoops and hollers after she said yes. So it's been it's been a pretty crazy year, and uh, it's been fun. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that that moment of um, fame, if you will. Yeah, and, and I mean nobody. I mean it, you can't really you can't really tell that it's us unless you know us. Yeah. So. It's not really been fame as much as it's just been like, dude, I saw your video. That's yeah. funny. Like, it actually got, to, it was actually so popular that Pastor saw it. Uh-huh. Pastor saw it on his own. And um, when we, me and her had had, you know, a meeting with him, some premarital stuff that we're trying to work out for dates and whatnot, he was like, yeah, I saw that video on Facebook like 12 hours after you guys got engaged. And I was like, Cool. <laughs> All right. It's just weird when yeah. people tell you about a video that you're in that's viral. Yeah. So I don't know how I'd be able to handle fame if we actually did get famous. I'd probably be giddy 24-7. 
And it's not necessarily that I think it would wear off have a, pretty quick, honestly. Well, I don't know. For, maybe don't that's know. just me because I'm a big introvert. I don't know. Right. Well, I like being I like being around people. So if people are like coming up to me, like, oh, I know you. I feel like I would be one of those people. It's not necessarily the fame. I could care less about fame, but people like being able to make people happy or something is yeah. my thing. That's what I like. So yeah, I get anyway. You. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we've been up to for the past six months. It's been just over fifteen minutes. That's almost half our segment. So let's take our time. Let's talk about what we want to talk about, which is our top five, or not not necessarily top five, but five of our top. Uh, musical influences. Uh, yeah, or just artists we like a lot. Um, so, speaking of things that make you smile, so I have long, um, not, I mean, like, okay, artists. you got to move on with this. No, sentence, artists buddy. that make you smile. <laughs> okay. That's what I meant. Okay. Like, anyhow, I have long um, loved lists. I'm sure there's, it's probably some sort of mental disorder, how much I like lists. Mm-hmm. And so for mi- for a couple years now, I have had a list of... My first, it was like my top ten artists. Then it was like my top twenty. Finally, I narrowed it down. These are my top thirty favorite artists. I'm only talking about the top top five though. And this top five list has stayed pretty consistent throughout that year. The ones below it have changed here and there, but these top five artists are like these are the artists that I love. No, it doesn't matter what I hear from them. I'm like this is good, and they have influenced or shaped the way I view music in some way. Right. So we're going to just kind of go back and forth here and talk about it for a second. And then when we're done, if anyone's listening, feel free to uh, give in comments. You know, what's your favorite five artists? Or you can even um, email us at uh, brotherskingmusic at gmail.com. Is it Brothers King Music or Media? That's a good question. Hold on. No, it's media. Yeah, I was about Brothers to King say. Media at gmail.com. Yeah, Brothers King Music is our personal email for other things. Did we have it? I don't, I, can't I don't really know, and I don't really care. All right, neither here nor there. All right, let's just go ahead and jump right into this. This ought to be fun. Um, I'm going to take my time with it. Well, as l- much time as I can. i got to go to work here in a few. Um, yeah, right. i got to go fix my Jeep. Let's start at, can you do backwards? Does that hurt anything for you? What is backwards? What do you mean? Um, start at number five and work your way up to number one. Oh, I, we have these in specific order? Oh, I do. I have that in a very specific order. Okay, well, let's just, I have just, thought you way too what? hard about it. You know it. what? Let's just do it like this. You know, you do it your way, I do it my way, and, you know, like Frank Sinatra, you know. Okay, sure. All right, so my number five artist. Holy crap. Um, Showbread. Okay, okay. Um, so Showbread is one of those bands that a lot of people don't even know exist. Yeah. Um, they were a hit-and-miss-it band on Tooth & Nail Records during the early 2000s. Um, they made music all the way up until 2000 and trying to think it was probably 2017 or so somewhere in there was it i don't dude i have no clue yeah so look at me for reassurance <laughs> i i have no idea um showbread uh they were some people just call them a a screamo band yeah, that's pretty much what they were bro that's what a lot of people would call them i think uh they are far more eclectic than that um had a lot of punk influences especially in those first couple albums um but beyond that, like, they're very eclectic in their music. They crossed the things like indie rock. They had some good worship music. They had some killer punk songs, screamo songs. Um, they had some awesome electronica music. Um, they dipped into industrial metal for a while. Like, they have been all over the spectrum. And um, 
with that said, I, I really love them. The band is a uh, band of two brothers, mainly. Um, Josh Dyes and Patrick Porter. Um, Patrick Porter, the bass player, started the band, and then his little brother stepped up to start singing after a few years and kind of took over the band. Right. And Josh Dyes is one of my favorite um, songwriters... And I also appreciate a lot of their, um, a lot of their ideology. I mean, it really shaped me in the way I look at, um, he believes like in, um, anarchy, but anarchist in the fact of reject human government and look only to God for guidance. Um, it's much deeper and bigger than that, but that's how you could nutshell it. And that really kind of shaped some of the way I, I view things and think about stuff. And, man, their music. Like, if nothing else, go listen to No Sir, Millicism is Not Practical. Beautiful album. Awesome. They're my number five band. Right. Right. There you go. <laughs> so I guess out of <clears throat> out of this list that I made here really shortly, uh, not, not too long ago, <laughs> yeah. as Samuel told me, Hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And you're going to have five bands that you're going to talk about. So, I guess out of this group of bands, my number five would be Reliant K. Ooh, okay. Because we had a whole entire episode where we talked about them, but let's yeah, yeah, go ahead and give me the down the reason, Okay, so for the most part, all of these, all of these bands that I like are for their... Actually, yeah, all of these bands that I have on this list are mainly for their either their composition or their lyricism, if not both. Mm-hmm. So, um, Reliant K is one of them where it's, I'm not sure why it's number five, but, you know, for reasons unknown, they're my number five out of this amount of people, or out of this mm-hmm. particular list of, of bands. Um... I like them because they're one of those bands that they're both lyrically and, um, oh, sorry, <clears throat> lyrically and, uh, compositionally, like, the great, like, it's like, there's not much to say about it, like, it's so good that, like, almost, not all of their songs are perfect, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, Mm-hmm is probably, like, my favorite album. Fair but, enough. But the thing is about them is just it's hard to find a a band, especially nowadays, that has singularly singularly uh good composition or good lyricism when this band pretty much throughout their entire career, which is what, like twenty years now? Oh man, they started in early two thousands. Yeah, so yeah, so it's like been about they probably been a twenty years. year band now. Anyway, so I mean, in twenty years, yeah, not everything's been perfect, but they have been very clever and witty with almost every song they've written. So that's why they're number five to me. I, I just also Matt Teeson, he has some of those like far out their thoughts. He's not like. It's not like religious or anything like yeah. that, but the way he thinks about stuff is very um, metaphorical. Yeah. So I kind of like that. That's that's my thing. Kind of, I guess if I was going to, if I was going to talk about another band that I like, that 
I feel like would be an influence like Reliant K would be Alcity or Adam Young himself because they both remind me of each other. And I know, like, they were influences on each other. Like, Matt Thiessen was involved. He, I mean, he, he was a fe- featured vocalist on Fireflies. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the please take me away from here. That's Matt Thiessen. Oh. In case you didn't know that. <laughs> so, like, they were... I did not. So, I, I think they actually toured a little bit together and stuff in Al City's early days. Was Al City the front... Like the no Reliant K that was back before, before Al City was huger Reliant bigger, K huge. was yeah. a relatively big band that right. you know kind of right helped them get them off the ground nice see I like that about bands like and we're talking about like Five Iron Frenzy or you were talking about Five Iron Frenzy earlier it's like it's funny how Switchfoot kind of helped Reliant K or was it vice versa no yeah Switchfoot helped Reliant K at the beginning mm-hmm. and then Five Iron Frenzy actually helped Switchfoot at the beginning. Which and is... It's funny how, like, later on, we find out that all these groups that we like are somehow connected, which would explain why we like them. Yeah. Because, honestly, I'm just going to say that is probably the attitudes of these people. That you can sub uh, uh, subtly um, feel through their music. Mm-hmm. You get their... You get the... You feel the way that they are through their music so that's why mainly i like i like a lot of these bands that are more and when i get to one of mine i'll talk about how how much influence they've had it's interesting um all right number four for me jars of clay yeah Um, oh man i should have put that on my list (laughs) so jars of clay these guys are fascinating because for most people, there's the one hit wonder. They had flood. That's it. They did nothing else, right? Yeah. In fact, I'm switching one of mine now. Ah, uh, uh, I kind of want to hear your original list now. Mm. Maybe you can tell me afterwards. No, I'll just okay. I'll just leave it. Go ahead. Um, but I, flood's not even like in my top five or ten favorite Jars of Clay songs. I think it's a good song, but gosh, they have such a much better ca- back catalog. Um, so Jars of Clay is, I like to compare them to, um, I don't know. I like to compare them to R.E.M., but really they're their own thing. Their first album went double platinum, which means two, two million. Then their second album went platinum. <laughs> then they went gold. So they, they, their sales cut their, in half, their first three albums, before they were still mega stars, like especially in the Christian music scene, they were still huge, but they weren't nowhere near as big as a lot of secular bands, and um, yet they still remain super humble. Um, they still, so far as I can tell, remained a really creative group. And here's another thing I really love about Jars: they remain the exact same band. Yeah. Since they started, four guys. That's it. Yeah. And. Wait. Was it four? Yeah. Yeah, four guys, that's it. They don't even have a bass player and a drummer. They've just been two, two guitars. Two a pianist, and... A singer. And a singer. Which for, sometimes does the percussion, but sometimes. it's definitely not drums. Yeah. Which and, I, I, I still think that, you know, Dan... Uh, Hazeltine. should have been a drummer and lead vocalist. But... They would have been a different I'm not too band. sure. They would have definitely been a different man because... Like, it's not easy at all. It's like the Newsboys. Like, Peter Further was a background vocalist, 
but he also did drums. Mm-hmm. Where he ended up having to be like, okay, I can't do drums and sing at the same time. Yeah. So then Duncan takes over. Where Duncan was just originally just the guy who played the tambourine. Yeah. He just wanted to be in the band, <laughs> you know. And then now he's like the icon of Newsboys. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I think that they would have definitely been a different band. But they just they make it work without the quote-unquote percussion. Yeah, no, I think um, what they did a lot of times... So another thing I like about Jars of Clay is all four of them get equal songwriting credit in everything. They're, it's always the four of them. Right. And I think that's what they do well. They do the... Everyone participates and pits their bits in. Mm-hmm. So as I understand it, their songwriting process is usually one of the three musicians come up with a melody or something. Right. And then Dan will start writing down some lyrics. But I wouldn't be surprised if throughout the years the other guys came up with lyrics and stuff too. And mm-hmm. if any of them, I if I could see any of them writing lyrics with Dan, it would have been um, Mark S- Steve. The, the lead guitar player or the second guitar player? The one that owns the barbershop now. That's Steve. Steve, yes. Yeah. Um, I think just, yeah, I love them. Um, they're super creative. As far as metaphorical go, they, they're all over metaphors. It's like all their albums are just yeah. super metaphorical. Boy on a string. Like, they, like boy on a string, um, safe to land, headphones. Yeah, headphones. Good monster. Like, they just... They have so many metaphors that um, they're a super poetic band, I guess is the best way to say it. Super poetic. I can't say that they have one bad album. Um, Some albums I like better than others, but I can't say they have one bad album. They're my number four for a reason. Um, They're a band that sometimes I forget I like them, and then I turn on one of their albums, I'm like, oh yeah, they are good. That's why I like (laughs) them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I don't have as much to say about them. I guess, but I, I like them a lot. Number four, Jars of Clay. Alright, number four for me is gonna be and this is not, you know, this is gonna be kind of weird because my number four and my number three are are like probably, in popularity are definitely two completely different sides of the spectrum, but anyway um, it's Beach Boys. And okay. I didn't like Beach Boys. I didn't really, I've never really been into that kind of music until more recently, mm-hmm. um, when like the the um, when the like what are they called uh, bio biomimicries bio documentaries oh yeah what are they called biopics bio is that what they're called musical biopics yeah are you talking about the love and mercy one we watched about Brian Wilson yeah that's why okay I started liking it because I mean a lot of these time a lot of times you don't understand the people. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I really that's really how I determine if I like a band or not. I have to listen to the band. I I'll listen to the band and be like, okay, I kind of like this music, but I really need to know who the people behind this music is. I need to know these people. Mm-hmm. So I'll start to get into it and start to learn who these people are. And so yeah, um, you know, you showed me that video or that movie, Love and Mercy. And it talked about Brian Wilson and how he created, like, animal sounds. Pet and, sounds. Or, yeah, pet, pet sounds. Yeah, see, I'm still new to the Beach Boys. Fair enough, but, fair enough. But I still, I like them. I yeah. like them. Uh, it's kind of the same way with the Beatles. It's, it's a completely different thing, though. <laughs> because, like, you know, we were talking about this earlier this morning, is the Beatles were popular because of their their 
personalities mm-hmm. and and, and that their kind of music. Thing. They so, had yeah, all. Yeah, when you well, I you know, and their music obviously, but like I don't know a whole lot about their writing. Mm-hmm. Um, like what was in their heads when they're writing, except for what Dad has always told us about Yellow Submarine, you know. <laughs> but I don't really think Yellow Submarine. I think you know, Ye- Yellow Submarine is a metaphor for hey, you know, we're all stuck here. Let's let's do this together. Yeah. There's no way out. Let's you know. Or it's just a goofy kid. Or song. it's just a goofy kid song. Goofy kid song. Whatever. Anyway, so that's the the, the main reason why I like the Beach Boys is because. It kind of we got into Brian Wilson's head a little bit, and and I'm just gonna say you've got to respect anybody that loses their mind over music, mm-hmm. and he literally lost his mind over music, and now he's I mean obviously recovered from all the junk he went through and mm-hmm. all the mental uh, breakdowns and the uh, the father who sucked and what all, all that stuff, but yeah I really respect the Beach Boys now because of Brian Wilson. Yeah, no, Brian Wilson's an awesome composer, um, and you'll find few people who disagree. Um, I encourage you, and you'll get into some trippy stuff, check out, definitely Pet Sounds, listen yeah. to it front to back if you haven't. Yeah. It's a perfect album. Or back to front. Um, yeah. But, get into some of their 70s albums, like Surf's Up, or um, Beach Boys Love You. It's weird, but it's still good. Right. And you can really kind of see some of uh, um, Ryan Wilson's really strong songwriting there. Also, um, if I may suggest it, don't forget their early albums. Like, it's that classic Beach Boys, fun, 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 fun in the sun. Right? Like, those are still classic Beach Boys. Good vibrations. Like, (laughs) how can you not listen to those and not smile? Right. Right? Like, the Beach Boys, their harmonies alone are worth the price of admission. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Shoot. Yes. yes, you're not wrong. Like how many? Like Reliant K actually gets compared to the Beach Boys because they have yeah, that because harmony. Yeah, that harmony that they a have. lot. Exactly. Yeah, um, I think that's also another thing for me is like, I know. Okay, so this you know probably for older people it's the other way around, but because I grew up with the Reliant K as the group that I listen to because of the age group I'm in, the Beach Boys remind me of Reliant K. Yeah. They don't... The, Reliant <laughs> K doesn't remind me of the Beach Boys, you know? And like I said, it's because of the age group. Yeah. So, you know, the the younger you are, the more that old stuff reminds you of the new stuff Interesting. that you're listening to. Anyway. Because, like, I know dad or mom would most likely be like, um, oh, this reminds me of the Beach Boys. But we're yeah. going to be like, no, Reliant K was here first. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Even though they weren't. We know they aren't. But anyway. Um, number three? Or? Number three, yes. All right. So this group doesn't sound like too many people that is popular. Um, they're a ska band. Five Iron Frenzy. Five Iron Frenzy. Oh, my God. So you talk about. Okay. Okay. Let's really quickly. I'm going to. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to derail this train real quick because is Five Iron Frenzy your number three or is Reese Roper himself your number no, three? No, Five Iron Frenzy. Okay, so I had to out. clarify that because so, Reese uh, Roper... <laughs> oh, no, Reese Roper's the bomb diggity, but... He's the bomb.com? He, so Reese Roper's the lead vocalist of Five Iron Frenzy. Five Iron Frenzy was originally a punk ska band from the late 90s. Correct. Um who evolved their music and just kind of became alternative rock with horns, which I love. Oh, man, dude. No, I'm just saying. I am just saying I'm working with Uncle Todd right now on 
getting some horns into some of our music, so. Oh, yeah. Horns rock. Um, but, so you talked about earlier how you like the personalities of the people draw you to the music. Right, yeah. Um, this, I have became familiar <laughs> because I, this band. Right. I have became familiar with the entire band. It's, 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 okay, first off. Straight up, I know what you're, I know what you're getting ready to say, and I'm going to tell you right now, the only reason, honestly, why I like Five Iron Frenzy, like, I can sit here and watch them, I wouldn't just turn them on Apple Music and just listen forever, Mm -hmm. but, like, I could sit here and watch a concert because they are a family. That is why I like them. Yes, they are a very family. So, Five Iron Frenzy, we talked about how it's weird that Jars of Clay has been the same band. For right. forever, right. right? Oh my goodness. Pyro and Frenzy. But there's only four of them. Pyro right. and Frenzy, there's eight of them. Eight of them. They've and had they have had the same band. Same band. Since They've had the one member change. So originally And it's probably too early in time for it to even count. Well no, listen to this. This is how the story goes. Um their lead guitarist left because he decided he wasn't a Christian anymore and they were a Christian, very Christian band. They got a new guitarist. And then they broke up, came back, and then their bass player wanted to retire. He was done. He wanted to just go live with his family and live a life, you know? So their lead guitarist came back as their bass player. (laughs) They are an eight-person band who's had one member change who came back. Right. In almost 25 years of making music. Right. 30 years, whatever. But beyond that, they are all... The whole entire band is just amazing people. Um, You talk about influences. Five Iron Frenzy is that band that all your favorite musicians listen to. Yes. But you've never heard of. Right. Um, They did... Like, they're responsible for... Well, not responsible, but they helped Switchfoot get off the ground. Right. Um, Switchfoot, they were on tour, and they... Coincidentally, my number three. (laughs) They gave Switchfoot, you know, a a spot, two hour, a spot in the middle of their concert so Switchfoot could play. Right. Um, They did the same thing in Reliant K. Reliant K, when they released their first album, toured with Five Iron Frenzy on Five Iron Frenzy's Going Away Tour. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So, like, Five Iron Frenzy is just... They are great at that um, punk ethos of do-it-yourself... Um, we're here for each other more than we are any big company, and I um I have also <laughs> oh boy um they released a DVD I I think I made you watch it yes, with me you did. <laughs> it's three hours long of their history you I did. I watched it at least twice you, you and I kind of made watch me it again. watch it <laughs> I I am and, familiar with the work and um yeah I just this band as people as musicians and I haven't gotten into their music their music is Awesome. Well, let's we we probably don't have time to really get into their music though. Honestly, it's like the the music. There's so much, yeah, of it that is good. Like, like just let's just say that they, um, while they are a ska band, I feel like they have reached beyond just the confines of what a ska band is. Honestly, they are good. Let's just be real. If worship wasn't just a, if worship wasn't defined the way that it is now, as something slow and. You know what I mean. You, yeah. You know, and you listeners out there know what is defined as worship now. And unfortunately, if you don't honestly, know, just go listen to our twenty podcasts. Li- yeah, go go listen to <laughs> the what is it? The um, backlogs. Yeah, the backlogs of <laughs> our pod, like where we, 
Yeah, we're not going to talk about it because <laughs> I promised I would never uh, trash Chris Tomlin again, even though he sucks and I hate him. But <laughs> actually, I don't hate him. So what you was trying to say is they would be considered a worship. They band. They would be a considered a worship band if there wasn't such a. Uh, a stigma on what worship is supposed to be. And that's the sad thing. That's what I think the sad thing is. Because worship has become this thing where it's slow. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just slow. We're going to do this, and we're going to wave our arms in the hand. And we're not going to – there's no running anymore. Whereas I think that worship should be like David. When he was dancing in the streets till his clothes came off, and his wife's like, dude, you're crazy. Stop that. And he's like, you ain't seen a half of it. Yeah. And he goes nuts. Like, Five Iron Frenzy is literally David. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Can... he's They're literally David. But they... um, Also, um, name another Christian band who devote at least, minimum, one song per album to talk about the atrocities of us killing Native Americans when we first came to America. Right. At least one song per an album, they will talk about it. Right. About how horrible that was. Right. And I think, what other Christian band, what other band does that? Let alone Christian band, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Fire and Frenzy, my number three, they are awesome. All right, my number three, Switchfoot. Okay. Okay. And here's why. <clears throat> because... Well, John Ford. Not, not, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh man, John! Oh God, John and Tim both. I'm just saying, it, I'm I'm straight. I have a fiance, <laughs> but if I was a girl, <laughs> I would totally be marrying one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's get past that. Um, okay, so honestly, like I said, it's about the personalities. This group for what twenty years. As well, I, well to, um, let's see. Okay, the, listen. I uh, I understand. Drew that joined in two thousand five. Drew, Drew joined later, and Jerome joined later. But I'm saying that that Chad, Tim, and John since have been together since they were like seventeen years old. Yeah, and they are in their fifties now. Yeah. So let's just. I'm just gonna throw out there that this band has stayed the same. Mm-hmm. They didn't change. Apparently, that's a theme Listen, throughout our music. They did not change even when Drew came in and when Jerome came in. They never changed. They just added to the dynamic. They just added to the dy- dynamic. Exactly. And that's became exactly. part of that family. And honestly, let's just say that the music didn't get better and it didn't really get worse. I, I could argue okay, it became more rocky okay, but, yes, and more experimental. But I'm saying but, it didn't get worse. No, no. And, but, and those it did, first three albums It didn't albums necessarily get good. better. I'm just saying yeah. that... What they were as a three-piece stayed, and there was just more added mm-hmm. as a five-piece. Anyway, so as well, they've got a lot of metaphorical stuff. Almost every album of theirs has a song about, you know, you got Hello Hurricane. You've got um, the one uh, about um, uh, the fire. Oh, if the house burns down yeah, tonight. Yeah, the house burns down tonight. You, I mean, almost every album has a song about trying pretty much to living in California, <laughs> trying to survive San Diego, California. Yeah. Anyway, um, and, and it just talks like it's just it's. Not only is it just like it's good music that talks about a good, you know, talks about how love is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and that's their whole message is love. Like, like really, one hundred and ten percent. That is like, their entire message is love, love each, each other. other 
because there's hope for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, believe in God because blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that's their thing. That's just their whole shtick. And I love it about them because they've just, every time I have, um, you know, listened to a, listen to commentaries or every time John puts out his videos on Instagram or YouTube or anytime he has Tim play or whatever. It's just like there's so much it's equality in this entire band that they don't care. It's not like just about one of them. It's not just about, oh, we're the original three or anything. When Drew and Jerome came in, they were just as much a part of the band as the first three, you know? And I think that is it's been pretty it's pretty cool when you can it doesn't matter when you're 17 years old to when you're like 50 years old mm-hmm. that the entire time they have remained the same message now yeah their their music's changed a little bit and like i said it hasn't gotten better or worse honestly to me yeah but you know you have to sometimes you have to change to the to what is selling so that you can keep selling your message and you beyond know? that like just you evolve as a person right, and musician right and, and and sometimes you just need a little bit of a change yeah and I mean, Native Tongue. That song is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, it doesn't even remind me of anything that's happening today. That's like straight up fifty stuff. Like, not fifty. It reminds me of like world music, like um, like just lots of drums and like the like um jungle music almost. Yeah. Like that's that's how I would describe it. like the music you would hear in movies with jungles. Right. Um, I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a, it's something that I would probably remember hearing as a 13 year old driving in your old Saturn Ion mm-hmm. uh, you know listening to 105.7 at night yeah you know because we used to do that so like I, that's how I remember Set Fire to the Rain by Adele mm-hmm. is like the first time I heard that song is when we were hanging out in the old half estate mm-hmm. so um, I mean it just reminds me of that era of time yeah where you know <laughs> It's weird because you can think of it, if you think of it, you're like, oh, some of these songs that you listen to just remind you of anywhere between 2 to 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, yeah. it just reminds me of that specific time. So this this song reminds me of, like, that time, and I don't know why. It's just weird. But anyway, so that that's why Switchfoot is my favorite, or my third favorite band uh, so far. Artist. Artist. Very nice. And the reason why I say artist because I'm at my number two now. My number two, and this one's going to be controversial um, Uh-oh. Among, among some people, if you're like a hardcore music nut, um, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Okay. So, it's weird, because everyone's like, oh, he's just pop. He just, he's very pop, schlocky, like, what's special about him? Um, I admit, he is one artist, I will say, not every album is perfect. He um, perfected his albums later. But what Stephen Curtis Chapman has been, and always has been, is a good songwriter. Right. Like, since his first album, he knows how to write a good song. He knows how to write a good song. I'll give you that. Like, But I don't like necessarily like all of his music. That's fair. Um, a lot of his early music, especially, is very stuck in its air. Like, um, he was very... He didn't come into his own. And he's one of those rare artists... He didn't come into his own until about six albums in. Yeah. Which is rare. Very but rare. Very rare. That's when he like really kind of found his voice and his style and what worked for him. 
even with that said, though, um, man, he has just influenced me. When I think of what do I want a good song to sound like, I can look at Stephen Curtis Chapman and be like, this is good music. Turn up the radio. <laughs> that's Chris Rice. Turn up the radio. Wait, what is the... No, that, that's um, Phil Craig and Dean. Um, uh-uh. Yes, it is. You're thinking of Mountain. Um, Live Out Loud. Live Out Loud. That's the one I'm thinking of. La, 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 live okay, Out Loud. Okay, the reason why I'm thinking of it is because a music video has a radio up on top of yes. Mountain. Yes. It's like, la, 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 la. So he's a very good songwriter. Um, I love him as a person. You know, we talked a lot about personalities. Um, he's very big on, on something that's close to my heart, adoption. You know, he's yep. adopted three yep. kids. Um, and, he, and he really pushes for it. And... Not only that, his sons are now part of a like really like good a, band, a Colony really House. Good, they're still on the rise right now. Yeah, like, they're still like building popularity. They haven't. They're what they're like two albums in, three albums in. Like that's how you know you're an old artist is when your children are now in a huge band. Yeah, <laughs> and um, his two sons formed Colony House, and they they rock. But also, I what House. I like about that, what what I like about Colony House. Is that when you ask, um, what is it, Caleb and Will? Will, Will and Caleb. When you ask them what their influence is, it's their dad. Yeah, their dad is their influence because they they both said that's our earliest memories of being in a band because they used to sometimes play with him. Yeah, no, they they toured with him right um, near the when they got older. Yeah, they were in his backing band, which is really cool. Um, maybe that's another thing I like about him. He is such a dad, but, like, in a good way. Like, he yeah. reminds me of our dad and how, like, um, he seems to really care about people and, like, you right. know, really seems to be compassionate. I'm just saying, I'm just going to be like, honest. If our dad could sing, <laughs> if he could, and we wrote the songs for him. Yeah. And then he toured and we we were his backup, well, yeah. Yeah. We were his backup band. <laughs> you know, or maybe you were and a sound engineer. that's ironic whatever. because... I could see Dad doing like some of that country sound, and seeing Chris Chapman has like could, one foot squarely in country. I don't like he know, always has. I don't know if it nece- necessarily be. I could if any time I listen to Stephen Curtis Chapman, I always think of Dad anyway. Yeah, but I'm thinking Dad would do more of the Michael O'Brien or the yeah. Um, what is that one? The kind of gospel. Yeah, the more gospel stuff. I mean, I Clay could literally Clay Cross, um, the other guy. Michael English? No, Michael O'Brien. Smitty? No, the, um, um, Ray Bolts. Ray Bolts, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, anyway, because, I mean, shoot, that that's just what I always see Dad doing. Anything in that spectrum, because I kind of, just to be honest, I put Stephen Curtis Chapman in that spectrum. Yeah, fair when enough. When I think of, like, CCM music, I don't ever put... Stephen Curtis Chapman in there because you don't hear Stephen Cur- Curtis Chapman on the radio nowadays. Yeah, you do sometimes. Wait, like what? What's uh, Okay, not his past few albums. The last huge hit he had, it was actually, sadly, his last huge, like, I mean, massive hit was Cinderella, um, which he released right before his daughter died, which right. is really sad. But you don't even hear that on the radio anymore. Yeah. Um, you're right. But anyhow, huge influence me um, as a person, also just as music. Everything he released from Speechless moving forward um, is just good pop music. So he's the guy I go to when I'm like, what do I want a good pop song to sound like? Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, I've also seen him now twice in concert, and I loved him. I know, I've seen him three times, two and a half times. 
Um, but yeah, he's just a really cool artist, really cool person. I uh, he's influenced me a lot, and um, a lot of people write him off as just oh he's another CCM guy. I would highly disagree and recommend checking out albums like Speechless or All Things New or um, even All About Love. These are some good, genuine singer-songwriter albums. Absolutely. So, that's that's my number two. All right, my number two. And almost every single group that I have talked about is the same way in their lyrics. This one, however, the music is kind of... Actually, I would say so simple, it's genius. But, you too. You too, okay. You too. And... I can see that genius simplicity there. Right. Well, see, the thing is that if you think about it, honestly, and, and this is probably just, this is the way I think just because of things I've heard about you 2 how most of their songs kind of relate to a psalm, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in the Bible, you know, that mm-hmm. David wrote, that they would keep it more simple guitar stuff because David only played a harp. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to their music, it just fits for me. Mm-hmm. Like now, with or without you, they've got some, they've got some songs that have some more electric like stuff in it. But the thing about the way the Edge plays his guitar is that, yeah, it's got some overdrive, but mainly it sounds like a like a celestial something uh, like. More. I've heard, I've read one thing that says. Um, the Edge should can be less considered a great guitar player and more a great guitar programmer. Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily as a slight either. It's just simply that's what he's good at is getting his sound down to perfection. Right. As opposed to technical prowess. Exactly. Well, see, the thing is that I feel like The Edge, he's not so much of a good guitarist as much as he is a good pedal engineer. Mm-hmm. He knows how to engineer his pedals just right. And that's kind of the way that, like, I don't know. For some reason, that has always been my style of guitar. Mm-hmm. Like, lead guitar is cool. Like, yeah, you've got those lead lines, like, and don't stop believing. Mm-hmm. But with or without you, like, with or without you is probably one of my favorite other lead lines. It's like... And it's one of those lead lines that you see repeated a lot throughout pop music. Right, throughout pop music. But the thing is, could it be that these guys or the ones who created... Everybody else gets their inspiration from it. I mean, I can say U2 is a huge influence on worship music. Definitely. You you almost... You can't find a worship artist that's not like, oh yeah, U2. (laughs) I'm going to be like serious, like Switchfoot. U2 is their one of their biggest influences. And you can see that a and lot. And you can see that a lot, especially in the way um, that John Foreman sings mm-hmm. and the words he's the, the, the lyrics he writes. Mm-hmm. You can see it. So um I mean honestly, U two there's I mean, what what is there that you can, can say, say about that really one of the sums biggest up? They're one of the biggest bands in the world. Right. I mean, like... Right. But I'm just saying, what is there that you can say that will sum up why they're your yeah. favorite? Like, come on, guys. Like, this is a band that wasn't just hype. They were actually a good band. Yeah. You know? And people will argue with you about if they're still good. Are I they think, still good? Eh. Um, I mean... I th- I would argue that, yes, they are still a good band. For the era of time that they're living in, 
where they're still, you know, on a label, still trying to sell records, still trying to do their thing. They're exploring new places in music. Yes, because they haven't really changed. Because, like, The Edge still has his style. You know, Bono still has his voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the bassist is still the same guy, who is a phenomenal bassist. Um, same four people. Yeah. Since they started in 1979. Since they started in 1979, exactly. <laughs> but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw out there that The Edge isn't even a brilliant musician. He's a good engineer. But the bassist is good. Um, he is, like, a very good Adam bassist. Adam Clayton. Adam Clayton, yeah. That's right, Adam Clayton. I just saw that on the on the the album the other day, but um, cause, I mean, still a lot of bands that I'm new to because, um, you know, honestly, Sam has beat so much music into my brain the past <laughs> seven, eight ten, years. Yeah, almost ten. Actually, you know what? I would venture to say ten years because I remember being a ten year old in Sunday school and. When we would do, because, I mean, you guys used to help the Partains with so much stuff in the Sunday School, you and Addy mm-hmm. and Steven, and then you guys automatically drafted me because I was a kid that was going to help get all the other kids interested mm-hmm. and active. I mean, shoot, you guys had me do, like, what, little five-minute sermonettes. You guys had me, like, sing mm-hmm. on the praise team. <laughs> it's yeah. like a bunch of stuff. So about ten years ago is when he really started beating the newsboys into my head. And I loved them. Mm-hmm. I already loved them. But I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would hear a song like, Entertaining Angels. I knew that song. I was like, oh, that's on the radio. We played that in youth service once. I know that song. And then you'd give me something like, Give me love, give me liberty, disco. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who the heck is this? Why? Ooh, gross. <laughs> but then, you know, now I'm like, okay. ha <laughs> Newsboys, yeah, mm, I love you guys. And then you know you have a man crush on Phil Joel. <laughs> it's it's all it's all good <laughs> until you act upon it. No, I'm just joking. All right, uh, let's move on to our number ones. Number all right. one. All right, so my number one. This will come as no surprise to anyone who remotely knows me. Uh oh. David Crowder Band. There you go. Okay. Um, like. And this is another one that people go. Aren't they a worship band? Yeah. Isn't David Crowder a worship? Okay, back up. Back up there. One, David Crowder, asterisk, band, band. Yes. is so much more than just David Crowder. David Crowder's a brilliant musician. Don't get me wrong. Eh, mm. I, I say he's, he's a, brilliant. He's a brilliant lyricist. Lyricist. Because, sure. honest, let's just be real. Let's just be very real. The music that he does, the music, not the, not the words. The words are great. Great stuff. But his music is not actually great he does play, he knows how to play guitar he knows how to play piano but really the brilliance of the music of the david crowder band is mike d and hogan mike mike dodson and mike hogan parker the, too okay jack parker let's just okay the whole so band. Much the okay band is so the reason me, why they are what yes they were so the band oh my goodness um i've just come to this realization um the asterisk means yeah no 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 um <laughs> Maybe the reason why I like Community so much is they remind me of the David Crowder band. Like, Dude, they really don't do. they? <laughs> they really do the like, documentaries. The not just that, that, but like the self-referential, the um, everything is kind of like leaning on the fourth wall and very TV tropey. Yeah, like that's the David Crowder band. Um, 
So yes, I have just called David Crowder Band the community of worship music. I would venture to say that if Esther and Shiloh, which are our younger siblings, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, obviously you know Samuel. Anyway, if they listened to David Crowder Band, they'd be like, uh, okay, maybe not them because they've actually been around it a little <laughs> more, but maybe they're friends, you know? Yeah. If they listened to David Crowder Band, they'd be like, what is, th- this isn't worship music. How can you worship to this? Like, seriously, people are too concerned about the beat of the music than they are the lyrics. You're supposed to get into the lyrics. Like, never ending. You will never end because you are always never ending. Like, you were there before the beginning. That's a really clever line. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, that's, uh, yeah. David Crowder Band. Um, This band is just awesome. They uh, had six albums, and you know what I love about them? They purposely only did six albums. And, oh my goodness, I could could spend three hours talking about all the metaphors of their album. In fact, hey Solomon, we did a whole entire series talking about this band. Yes, um, (laughs) and I almost, I almost, uh, I'm pretty sure I almost lost my mind. Because it was just like, I'm, I'm, okay, so Samuel is the kind of person when it comes to music that you can be like... Okay, dude, dude, I was just up for fif- 15 hours listening to this entire, um, um, like, album. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I was listening to this entire album. I just listened to their entire discography. Dude, I, re- I, oh my god, I did the math, and, like, every song equals seven. You know, every third album equals seven, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh god, dude. And I'm over here like, I can't even listen to an album straight. Yeah. I have to at least shuffle it, you know? <laughs> I can't listen to just a single album. So I'm over here like, ooh, I love David Crowder Band as much as the next guy. But, <laughs> Sam, can we do something else? Anyway, we got through the David Crowder Band and Discard. we never, ever did a... Uh, a um, Another one. We never did a discography again because... Of my hallucinations, and I, I was losing my mind. I, I guarantee you that I was not the person after that that I was before. And not all of that is bad, you know? Sometimes, you know, actually, we're just going to get past that. Go ahead. But you finish my, on number one. <laughs> my favorite band ever. Um, they are just so much deeper than just worship music. Their albums are crafted. That's what I like about them. They're craftsmen. They are crafted with purpose all their lyrics the order of their songs on their albums the themes of their albums how many albums they have it all has a very specific purpose right um and everything about them is just intentional and oh absolutely i can and i can listen to these songs and yes on the surface if you took away the language of worship they are just a pop band, right? Literally. Um, but, 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 every time I listen to one of these songs, I'm just like caught off guard. And I'm just like, whoa, this, this song is still really, for instance, I will just give an example. Um, a song I've listened to probably no less than 50 times, um, SMS Shine. I, uh, was just listening to this the other day, my, my, Apple Music was just going. The song came on. I was just listening to it, and I was like, "This is both a worship song, and it's a song about the heartbreak that we of dealing with life when people around us die, 
or um, you know, especially in the the climate we're living in, when um, everything just feels like it's going to pot, and we're just we're not ready to deal with the tragedy, and how um, God is still shining that light of His love, and we can in turn shine our light of love to other people. And this is a song I've listened to no less than fifty times, and that still popped in my head, and I was still like. This is a good song. I want to cry right now. That's there, and that's yeah, and that's then, just one song. <laughs> I'm just over here. What is it like a Saturday? Uh-huh. I'm over here, busy as freaking can be, and moving cars back and forth, back and forth, back and you know where I work and at a car dealership. So I'm obviously dealing with a lot of customers and everything every day, and just out of the freaking blue. Sam sends me SMS Shine. He's like, dude, this song, though. As if I have never, <laughs> ever had this conversation with him before. Um, and, and, and I don't mind it. I understand. And I was like, exactly. Or something <laughs> like that. I, it's, like, it's just like such a simple return. But it's just like, bro, why? <laughs> like, I know that this song is amazing. I like I so I am never less than amazed by the brilliance of this band. And yeah, that's um David Crowder band. My number one pick. My number one pick is and this will not come as a surprise to you because you know me. Anyway, my number one pick You're welcome by the way, because this is totally my fault. Who is it? Uh, nope, tell me. It's Journey. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, this is totally this journey, and it is totally your fault. I, I gave you the Absolutely. greatest hits album, I think. You gave me the greatest... Okay, and what is... Okay, I'm just going to be real. This band is good, okay? They're great live. They're good on their albums, but they are even greater live. Mm-hmm. I love them live, and I have zero of their songs downloaded from the studio. I have all of their live recordings because live they are so much better live they had the liberties that their producers didn't allow them in the studio mm-hmm. and i love that what i also love as well is that honestly if you listen to any of their songs yes they're yes they're all about love and you know it's the 70s and 80s it's what every song is about but they had they they didn't repeat themselves over and over they didn't ever just like oh none of their songs just none of their songs were the same right every song they had was so much different than the other and when they first started with the bluesy uh they had the bluesy like jazz jazz style which is which is good i like that because actually neil shone and and jonathan kane and steve perry I will tell you, I will, I'll give it to you that Steve Perry makes the band what they were, what they are known to all of us, mm-hmm. what they, you know, the don't stop believing, that is what is known to everyone. Yes, Steve Perry is the signature sound of Journey, mm-hmm. but Neil Schoen and Jonathan Cain are the band. They are, they are Journey, mm-hmm. you know, um... And their the way they wrote everything they've done, it just stayed so. Um, it just it stayed so 
much the same. Nothing changed throughout their years. You know, even you've got like Will in the Sky, you've got that sound, and then you've got the Don't Stop Believing sound, but really the only difference in it was the production. You didn't have the organ anymore because, you know, the original um, leader of Journey, uh, who actually was in the band Santana with Carlos Santana, he was in Santana with Neil Schoen, so they actually were both like, you know, in this band that literally had no lyrics. All they did was played music. So that's what brought them into doing their own thing. Uh, Neil Schoen talked about how he loved playing in Santana. He was like 15 years old playing on the street corner, and Carlos Santana walked up to him and said, how would you like to play in my band? Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't have anything else to do. He's like, I dropped out of high school. Or he actually just dropped out of school. He didn't, And back then, that wasn't taboo to do. You yeah. know, Back then, you just do whatever. But his parents weren't really much in his life, so he was like, ah, you know, yeah, I've got nothing else to do. So Carlos Santana became his dad, you mm-hmm. know? And so from there, he's, like, getting really good at playing guitar, really good at what he does, writing music with Steve. Uh, they're, like, three Steves in Journey. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget which one this guy's last name is, but the organist of Santana starts this band with Neil Schoen. It was actually Neil Schoen's idea to start this band. But Steve, the organ guy, decides, hey, you know, I should be the leader because I'm older or whatever. Whatever his idea was. He thought he was a good singer because Neil Schoen didn't sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he did back up, but he didn't sing. Anyway, so he's taking over. It just The thing is, he got the attitude, man. Mm-hmm. He got this attitude that I'm bigger than all of you and I should this. They got rid of him, needless to say, and then Steve Perry comes in. 76 via 1976 or whatever. And that is when it kicked off because you've got Neil Schoen, Jonathan Cain, and Steve Perry working their magic. Mm-hmm. And it's like Steve Perry isn't using a music, isn't using an instrument, but he sounds like he is. Yeah. Insert the part of the office where Plop says, "There's no, wait, where are the instruments? There's no way you're making this magic with just your mouths." And Creed says. That's what she said. Anyway, <laughs> so so Steve Perry is like, he could sing, and actually he's got this new song out, and I forget what it's called, but it's about his wife. He actually, the reason why he left Journey is because his wife was sick, um, dealing with cancer, and she had dealt with cancer from that time all the way up till I think about two years ago when she passed away but on her deathbed she told Steve Perry she's like all right you gave up journey for me to be with me you know to take care of me you love music you haven't done music since you quit journey he, and she told him he had to promise her that he would go back to making music even if it wasn't big even if it wasn't with journey that he had to go back and make music with uh you know make music when she died and he did and i'm just going to say that Steve Perry is more Journey than Journey is Journey. Yeah. Because you can't... Okay, and I'm glad that they did this, but, you know, they found this, like, 23-year-old Filipino guy who can sound kind of like Steve Perry. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I like it when they do that. Yeah. You know, I wish they would have done that with Queen. And, I mean... Yeah. Come on, Mark Martell should have been in that band. Yes. Not Adam... Lambert. That guy. Yeah. yeah. 
So I'm just and let's just be real. Steve Perry is Journey, but I still give but credit on to his the, own. He's give, not the songwriter, right? But Steve, okay, Steve Perry is the signature sound of Journey. But I am not. I'm just going to say that even today, I will listen to Journey. They've got a couple new songs I don't like as much as I like as uh, of the you know 1970s, 1980s stuff. But I'll listen to this new Journey stuff because Neil Schoen and Jonathan Cain continue to be very smart composers with mm-hmm. the music. So that's that's why they're my favorite. I mean, they're obviously an American classic. Um, actually, they're one of the first American um, American rock bands that actually hit huge. Yeah. You know, because I mean, you, you know, Beatles, blah blah blah. You've got all these people from England. You know, uh, Great Britain, all that stuff. British bands that are that were huge back then, whereas, you know, I mean, well, what it could be argued like Elvis Presley, but he wasn't a band. I'm not saying. Oh, I'm not saying artists. Beach I'm Boys. Saying, yeah, but they weren't really rock. They were pop. Fair enough. What I'm saying is that, like, literally, when you Google, when you Google, Journey, it literally pops up. 1970s, 1980s, all-American rock band. Like, they were one of America's icons, Mm -hmm. you know, and they still are. Because no matter where you go, anywhere you go, somewhere on the playlist of any store, any convenience store, any gas station, any, the where I work, car dealership, anywhere you go, they are going to play... Open Arms, Don't Stop Believing, or um, Faithfully mm-hmm. by Journey. Period. Like, yeah. still, to this day, those are three of the number one hits. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just it. That's what I'm saying. Journey is an American, an all-American icon, and I love them because they remind me of baseball. They remind me of what America used to be, peaceful. Everybody's just like, let's just be happy, you know? Even during all the Vietnam Wars and all that junk, I just think that it's a simpler time. You know, it's a simpler time, and that's why they're my number one. Because I can listen to them when things are, when all hell has broke loose, I can listen to them and be like, ah, simpler times. Fair enough. So, that's why they are my number one. And this has been Brothers King Log. It's been good to be back, and uh, hopefully we will do this again soon. So, yeah, you know. Just so happens that I'm off on Wednesdays and you don't start work till 12 o'clock on Wednesdays. So maybe Wednesdays will be our thing. Maybe. So no promises, but maybe. as far as right now, talk uh, to you later. Talk to you later. Um, keep being that glimpse of eternity. Yes.